All right. Hey, welcome back to the episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Hey, how are you doing today? I hope you are doing well. I hope your business is doing well. And I want to thank you for choosing to tune into the podcast with all the different podcasts you could be listening to. You found your way to the Good Advice Podcast. Maybe you accidentally clicked on it, didn't know what it was, or maybe you are a tried and true weekly listener. Whoever you are, whatever you're doing, I want to thank you for taking the time to check out my humble little show today. And we got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot of things to discuss today. A little bit of a different kind of episode today. We're talking about something we don't normally talk about. I say don't normally. I think we have almost never talked about this. We're talking about video games today. That's right. We're talking about a news line that I was reading about this past week, a video game that is literally setting its industry on fire, causing developers from other video game companies to jump in and tell customers, no, no, don't don't look at this company. Ignore this. Ignore what's happening. We're going to be talking about why this is happening and all the things that are implied with it. And most importantly, we're going to be talking about customer loyalty and why you really need to be thinking about it for your business. All that and more is on the show today. But before we dive in, of course, we have to have a very quick shout out about one of the amazing businesses that support the podcast. We'll be right back soon. See you soon. Are you looking for one of the best places to eat here in Northwest Arkansas? If you're a foodie like me, you have your short list of places where if someone's visiting, you're like, hey, we got to try this place. I want to tell you about Big Sexy Food over in downtown Springdale. And whether you're getting something like just their awesome burger, which if it's me, I'm going to double up on that. Or if you're getting their Nutty Buddy burger with a little crunchy peanut butter on there, the food is always so freaking good. In fact, there's a reason they have so many five-star reviews on Google. One of the reviewers said, I recommend every single person try this restaurant. You can easily close your eyes and randomly point at something on the menu, and I promise it'll be delicious. When's the last time you heard about that from one of your local restaurants? Hey, check it out. Big Sexy Food in downtown Springdale. You can also go to BigSexyFood.com or check them out on social media at Big Sexy Food. Check it out. You won't regret it. So I want to give a little bit of context for today's episode. And and I want to ground us to understanding that we're, we're talking about customer loyalty in this episode. And we're talking about which by the way, this is nothing new for the show. We've talked about raving fans, building raving fans. We've talked about creating repeat buyers for your business. But if you're a first time listener to the podcast, maybe you haven't heard this concept before. There's a very simple concept in business. And that is that having a repeat buyer for your business often does more for your bottom line than a first time customer ever could. Even if a first time customer sometimes pays more than a repeat buyer, it's important to understand the amount of effort and work that you put in to acquire that customer. Think about all the time and phone calls and chasing around and yeah, the invoices in your inbox, the contracts there for you to sign, all the work that goes in to closing that next sale. Well, it's a heck of a lot easier when you finish with one customer and your customer says, okay, what's next? What do I buy next? In fact, I had a guy who he paid me to help him start a podcast. This is something that I've done for a number of people now. 
But in the case of this one individual, um, we were finishing up the the service, this program of me, him, of me walking him through how to start the podcast. And he goes, okay, well, what's, what's next? And I didn't have anything next. This is definitely an, I guess, an oof on my part, but I'm also, by the way, this is kind of just how I do business. I try to be just a fairly genuine person. Um, I'm not always, you know, crazy business minded and thinking about the next sale. So he says, what's, what's next? What's the next thing I need, um, that I can buy from you. And I was like, well, that's, that's kind of it. That's, that's all I got. (laughs) And he was like, all right, well, I, I have money ready to spend if you are offering anything. And I was like, nope, that's, that is literally it. That's all I got. But when I figure out what that next thing is, I'll, I'll give you a phone call. See, this is the magic of a loyal customer. This is the magic of a repeat repeat buyer, because instead of having to chase someone over and over and over again to get that next sale, your customer, if you do a great job, will continue to buy from you and it frees you up to no longer have to spend a full-time job doing sales, but to actually invest in your own business to think long-term about your business. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's something to be said about like the long-term strategy and creativity of your business. Um, you know, that kind of that dreaming time, if that makes sense, where, you know, you're sitting on your patio and you're thinking about what's possible for your business. You're thinking about, okay, what if my business is here, but what if, what if I could be here? What if I could take it there? It's hard to think about those things when you're always worried about your bottom line and the money coming in and is my business even going to be around tomorrow? So customer loyalty is worth investing in, and it's why I want to talk a little bit more about this video game company today. So I try to stay fairly, um, I I try to put a a good amount of attention on social media. I'm on there every day because I I have to be for my own business, but a lot of, and a lot of my content, by the way, is pulled from social media. I see a lot of content about around hiring and firing employees. Um, For example, Zoom is in the, in the news headline right now for mandating their employees to come back to the office which is very interesting considering during COVID they were really positioned as the, the work from home ultimate resource. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be said about zoom having their employees to come back. And in fact, because of that headline, I'm going to have an episode on that. Uh, it should be out in the next week or so, but I, I'm still kind of formulating my thoughts, thinking about what I want to say about it. Um, but yeah, that's, so this is how kind of how my content cycle works. I, I see a headline. I'm like, okay, yep, that's interesting. And I typically write about it. Uh, this is similarly true for today's episode. I kept seeing YouTube videos, uh, news headlines about this studio, Larian Games, and all of this drama and controversy around it. Now, this isn't the first time there's been drama or controversy in like the video game world. Um, uh, and I'm not really going to get into that, but... Um, Growing up over the years, there's been a lot of comments. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it, but there's been a lot of drama in the video game world regardless. So I see these headlines and I'm like, okay, what's going on with this game? What's happening? And I start reading and I'm a bit stunned by this drama because the drama has nothing to do with the game itself. 
which by the way, the studio is called Larian Games. The game that they just published is called uh, Baldur's Gate 3. It's a sequel, and it is a Dungeons and Dragons inspired role-playing game. Um, So they released this game last week, and apparently the game was so well-received it got such high ratings that game developers, other studios started jumping in and tweeting and messaging about this game, telling gamers, telling their customers, hey, this game is not the norm. It's an anomaly. And more importantly, don't hold us to the same standard of the experience you have with this game. Now, this might seem like a little bit of an of an, of an innocuous statement. Um, it, that you, if if you aren't a gamer, if you haven't played video games, you aren't going to fully understand why these statements created so much drama. And really, the drama wasn't so much between Larian Studios and these developers. The drama was between gamers, customers getting mad at these studios, which you may be wondering, well, well, why, why is a customer getting mad at developers for saying, Oh, don't hold us to the standard of how good this game is. Well, there's a lot happening here. Um, I I don't know if in a podcast episode, I can really like break down every detail. Um, the past 20 years of, um, how the video game industry is, Um, has some very scummy tactics. What I will tell you is if you aren't a gamer, a very simple way to think about this is think about a phone app game and think about your child playing that game. If you have kids, what's the old story? It's that you know the kid was on the, the parent's phone, was playing a game, and they racked up you know, $800 of in-app purchases for whatever game they were playing. This is not a first-time news story. This has happened, you know, a thousand times. Now, what if I told you that a game studio purposely designed those ads in the game, those purchases? What if I told you that the studios purposely designed it to be appealing to click on by a young child? Now, you'd probably say, wow, that's pretty scummy. That's that's pretty messed up. And I would say that's actually marketing when it comes to game development or game studios. So taking that example, I want to talk about a few other examples of some things that have happened in the game development industry, which, by the way, this is a $350 billion industry per year, crazy amounts of money go into this industry every year. So let me give you, let's take that one example. And I I don't think it's unfair to say that, by the way, let's take that one example and let's expand this out to um, some other examples of this happening, which by the way, this isn't, this isn't even going to do. I'm not even going to do a good enough job of really illustrating the depravity (laughs) of marketing in this industry because so far 
there's never been a consequence for this kind of stuff. Like if a, if a game developer designs their app to get your child to, to buy stuff there, there's never been a, an example as far as I know of like there being like some kind of like, you know, lawsuit or I, I don't know before I, I shouldn't even say that maybe I'm wrong, but taking that as like a starting point, let's talk about a couple of the other examples. So in 2019, there was a game released called Anthem and Anthem was, and this, this isn't the case anymore, but back in the day, once a year, there was this major conference where studios would come and they would show off their latest game. So this company, Bioware, goes to this conference. It was called E3. And this was a, I mean, this was a massive conference. Like think of your industry and think about like your business and like, what's the main, the main conference that everyone in your industry goes to. I don't mean like of the 10, you can choose. Like I'm talking about the one, the absolute one you could go to. This is what E3 was like. And by the way, E3 is not around anymore uh, since COVID it just it never recovered. There was no, and it was so crazy expensive that businesses don't do it anymore. But so people would come to E3 and it was seen as like the most pivotal news weekend or week. I don't know how long it was uh, per year. Cause again, this is when companies would come and they would show off their latest game. So this company called Bioware, they come and um, ironically, this is the company uh, years ago who released the original Baldur's Gate one and two, uh, not Larian games. They released the original ones, but this company uh, Bioware, they announced this game called Anthem and Anthem details don't really matter other than the fact that they show this trailer, which again, if you don't play games, it's like a movie trailer. They show this trailer of how the game plays and it is stunning. The um, it, it, it looks like real life is the best way I could describe it. Um, maybe not. Maybe that's a little bit too unfair or, or not correct to say it, it just looks stunning is the best way I can put it. The game looks amazing. People are blown away. Um, graphics are crazy. And two years later, the game finally comes out. It comes out and um, bottom line, the game sucked. It, it, it was not good. Not only was it not good, the features that were shown in that trailer were missing from the game when it finally released two years later. Now, this game had garnered some incredible attention and what the studio Bioware had done, and this is common for many industries or excuse me, for many games is they had collected a large number of what's called pre-orders. It's, hey, if you like what you see, you can go ahead and buy the game today and you'll get a copy in two years when the game comes out. This is the norm in this industry. Um, it's the norm for companies to um, release these trailers and then collect their pre-orders. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so the game comes out. It's missing all these features. People are confused. Well, through some journalism better than what I'm providing today, it came out that when that gameplay trailer came out in 2017, this wasn't somebody who was like playing through the game and recording themselves and being like, yeah, here's the game. And we got two more years to work on it. This was essentially a glorified marketing department within the studio who created 
a five, six, seven minute gameplay trailer without the even without the developers even knowing what the game was all about. So let me say this another way. E3 is happening. Bioware, they want to show something about their game Anthem. Anthem has very little progress done on it, but they can't show up and not show anything. So they have a small team within their business put together a fake trailer to create hype around this game, despite the fact that the actual developers of the game, they were seeing it for the very first time. They had no idea. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, oh, that's the game we're making. Okay, that's interesting. Cool. So the studio, to build hype, created a fake trailer to basically start to collect pre-orders for the game. The game finally came out. It was a total bomb. Not before the company collected over $100 million in revenue on it and an additional $3.5 million in in-game purchases. And a lot of these games, you can spend money in the game, kind of like the kid example. You can spend money in the game to get extra, extra bonuses, perks, um, cosmetics, costumes, things like that. So over $100 million sold um, and then an additional $3.5 million um, in-game. Well, the game got atrociously reviewed. It was like, it's missing all these features. It doesn't play well. This isn't the game that was presented. Um, what the heck's going on? Well, Bioware basically said, Hey, we have a 10 year plan for this game. Please stay committed to us. Keep playing the game. Um, it was, it almost felt like keep buying in game stuff. Like the game's not going anywhere. Well, a little bit after this, I think maybe another two years after this, without much to say or show for it, I guess, um, Bioware shut the game down, shut the game down, said, Hey, Anthem's dead. We're done. Um, we're so sorry. Uh, actually, they didn't. Um, Bioware maybe apologized. Their publisher did not apologize. But now you have people who paid for this game, $60 or $70. I don't know how much it costs. And they have nothing to show for it. Can't play the game. It's gone. Servers are taken down. Now, this may seem like an extreme example you may even think, oh my gosh, well, what happened to that company? Did people, did people stop buying their games? Did that must, that, that's horrible. I, I hate to break it to you. This is the norm in the game, the video game industry. This is, this is how a majority of game studios operate literally like this is the norm. And I got another example for you. Actually, I got two more examples. Actually, I could honestly give you 50 examples because uh, this is what really drives me crazy is doing good business is so flipping simple. You know, you just do right by the people who pay you. You deliver on what you told them you would. You do right by them. And it honestly is infuriating when there are so many examples of that not happening, right? Especially when we ourselves, we experience it firsthand. Another example for you, though, a game called Cyberpunk 2077. I never played it, um, but I do know the heavy news around it. Similar to Anthem, there was a lot of fanfare gameplay tra trailers that were released leading up to the game, and um, the game finally came out, and the game was awful. It was so awful, the game was, I guess, coded incorrectly, and it was basically 
Unplayable. Now, this game had a lot of fanfare, not just because of the marketing of it, but because um, it was the studio that had also made a game called The Witcher, which is now a show on Netflix starring uh, Henry Cavill. Uh, it's a pretty popular show on Netflix. So it's all this all comes from the same studio. Well, so games unplayable. Um, this game sold way more than Anthem did. I mean, I think I saw that it was like 14 million copies and Anthem was around 5 million copies. So about triple the sales. And when this game came out, um, it was so bad it was so horrifically bad that the PlayStation store, which on the console, the PlayStation console, it's the, the digital storefront where you can buy these games. The PlayStation store actually removed the game from their listings, which to my knowledge has almost never happened. I don't know if this has ever happened before, but even beyond that, one of the major news sites called OpenCritic.com that reviews these video games, they even went on to reveal, or at least present from their point of view, that not only had this company, CD Projekt Red, not only had they released a crappy game, but that they had purposely hidden the fact that it was a crappy game to people who were reviewing the game early. Let me say that again. The company knew it was a bad game, but because they, of, of all the hype leading up to the game, the pre-orders and the, the sales fanfare that was going to happen, they hid it from the average customer so that you and I would buy it and would have, you know, paid for this game. This disturbs me, by the way. And this is, this is not just bad business. This is wrong. I mean, it's, it's, it's too cheap to call it unethical. I mean, you're lying. You're lying at this point. Again, not the only time this has happened. Another main game, or another main developer, Blizzard Entertainment. I've talked about them on the channel before, by the way, uh, because of, um, on the podcast, excuse me. Um, I got YouTube on my head. Um, because they fired their lead developer of one of their games because the lead developer basically stood up for their employees and they didn't like that, so they fired um, this, this developer, um, also same company that, or their parent company, I guess, Activision Blizzard, I guess it's the same company. I'm not sure. Um, is also was in part of a major investigation for, um, uh, sexual harassment and abusing one of their employees so badly that the employee killed herself. I mean, holy cow, what a horrific, I mean, what a horrific thing. So I don't really trust them to be like the bastion of good customer practices, but they released this game called Overwatch 2. And um, uh, apparently the, the previous game, Overwatch 1, was this mega successful game. Well, they released Overwatch 2 with this massive new mode within the game that people were really excited about. They marketed it up. They said it was going to be amazing. And then once people got into the game and they bought the what's called a battle pass it's a it's like a every month or every few months you pay for this thing details don't matter um once people had spent money though then they came out and said oh sorry that big mode we told you about is canceled and then they added on later on that and if you want it it's canceled but if you do want it we will release it to you in the future for 15 bucks 
So even though you already, you know, you already invested in the game, you're going to have to spend more money. You're going to have to throw up some cash here if you want to engage in this feature that we said should have been in in the first place. This is the cycle of, of marketing and game development, by the way. This is the norm. This is how it typically operates in this industry. Now, if you are totally, um, you know, uh, I can't think of the word. Um, uh, I can't think of the words. So my, my mind's blanking. Plugs, I'm getting so energized around this. But, oh, if you're indifferent, why is that such a hard word for me? If you're indifferent to this whole topic, you know, you may be thinking like, well, customers are pretty dumb. <laughs> like, why, why do people keep buying this stuff? And all I can tell you is, yes, customers are dumb. Uh, not all customers. Don't rip that as a soundbite. But in this case, we have very short memories. And unfortunately, the marketing is pretty good sometimes. But I think regardless of the, you know, wherewithal that your customer has in terms of like how they choose to spend their dollar, I think that's the wrong take. I think if I was selling something that was deceitful, it would be wrong for me to say, well, you're, you're dumb because you should have known better. I think that's what people tell themselves when they don't have much of a moral compass and it makes them feel better. Um, like they pulled one over someone rather than accepting I'm, I'm doing something deeply wrong here. But this all brings me back to Larian studios and Baldur's gate three. This game comes out. It apparently gets insane reviews for being so good of a game. And not only that for, um, basically, I guess being what it said it was going to be, excuse me, going to being what it said it was going to be. And additionally, um, it also, uh, had a notice to its players that there's nothing in this game. You're going to have to pay more money for you're paying for a complete game. We're never going to ask you for more money. This is the game that we've created for you. So people were pretty happy about this. They really liked this and they really loved the game. Other developers, however, including one from Blizzard Entertainment, was not so excited about this, which brings me back to the point of this episode. There were a series of tweets and conversations among developers at other studios that basically said, hey, no disrespect to Larian Studios, but you guys, the customers, should not hold us to this standard. This is not the norm. Companies don't usually develop games that are this good, and so you should not expect this from us in the future. Now, this actually got customers pretty upset because of how many times customers have felt taken advantage of by the game industry, by game studios, the endless number of times. And by the way, I named three. There are at least 10 per year stories of these things happening Two off the top of my head. There was one, uh, a Lord of the Rings game that came out that was like crazily awful. Not at all. What was promised uh, a game years ago called no man's sky. I mean, this stuff it's the norm. It's just the norm. And so customers got rightfully upset, kind of being like, wow, finally a game studio that actually prioritizes customer satisfaction over making money. Sign me up, please. And then all these other studios who jumped in and said, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't listen to that standard. That's not, 
hang on a second. It's pretty mind boggling. And it is what has caused a slew of chatter and conversation. And I, I think it's pretty interesting. I, I don't know what it means long-term for other studios. I think that frankly, um, it is an incredibly lucrative industry. Studios make lots of money on a lot of different games. So I don't know if I see any of this changing, but despite all of that, I want to implore you. <laughs> Hopefully if you're listening this stuff, I mean, you're just as shocked as I am, but if you're listening, I want to implore you to understand the value of investing in your customers, the value of customer service, of customer satisfaction, of building brand loyalty. We talked about brand loyalty last week when we talked about Taco Bell getting sued, you know, a, a, this gentleman who was fed up with, you know, why does my burrito not look like it's supposed to look like on this menu? I think businesses often feel like they have to choose between making money and creating a happy customer who wants to buy again and again. And it's so naive to me. We're talking about short-term profits versus long-term profits. We're not talking about I'm either making money or I'm making a customer happy. It's about understanding that your business will be infinitely more profitable if you can focus on making that customer happy and giving them an experience that they truly notice that they're not used to. One thing I like to do with this is every time I get a new customer, they get an email from me. And by the way, I, I understand it's not scalable. I don't particularly care. I'm going to do it until like I literally physically am unable to do it. But anytime I get a new customer, they get an email from me. It says, welcome to the good advice tribe. Do they care they're part of the tribe? Probably not. But they get an email from me that says, welcome to the good advice tribe. In that email, it's not an automated email. It's not a copy paste template. I talk about their name. I talk about what they've purchased and I talk about how serious I'm going to take their investment and how much I appreciate them trusting good advice with their dollar. So I had a guy who just bought some podcasting episodes, some advertising yesterday. So before the day ended, he got an email. Hey, Steve, man, thanks so much. I'm really excited to, to, um, Give your business the attention it deserves. Hey, I appreciate you had so many ways you could have advertised for this. I appreciate you seeing the value in the podcast. I want you to know I take your investment seriously and I'm going to make sure uh, that you are a satisfied customer. But they don't just get the email from me. Again, this is, this is not a copy paste template. This is I write the email and send it to them. So they get the email. The second thing they get from me is a video. I turn on my camera. It's not long. It's 60 seconds. It's me in front of a camera and I say, Hey Steve, just want to tell you again. Thanks so much. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited to um, promote your business. I'm looking forward to putting it on these episodes. Yada, yada. Thanks so much. If you need anything, you can always email me. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. So it's a 60 second uh, video. Cause I don't want to take up any more of their time. You know, I'm going to send a 10 minute video. It's 60 seconds, just saying thank you. And every single customer gets that from me, no matter what they purchase, no matter if it's a $5,000 purchase or a $500 purchase, everyone gets that email from me. 
because it's important to me to invest in every single individual customer. Is, is there going to be a point where it no longer makes sense on, on, on paper? Probably, probably true, but I am going to commit to that. I'm going to, and in fact, I wish I had done it sooner. Honestly, I think I just started doing it this last year because I was, th- I've been really like continuing to think about this customer experience conversation. I wish I could go back in time and do it with my early customers, even my customers last year. I wish I could, um, but it's something that's important to me and something that I will continue to claw onto doing this, no matter how busy I get. When you think about your customers, are they getting an individual experience or are they getting just a generic transactional experience? What I will tell you is if it's the latter, there is nothing keeping them from jumping to another company who provides the same thing as you. And in fact, they'll probably do so because that other company is cheaper. And at that point, now that you're competing on price point, it's a race to the bottom and it's a heck of a lot. It's not quite as cheap. It's, it's, it's a heck of a lot less profitable for you in the long term. Instead, treat every customer like they're your most important customer. Doesn't mean you have to, to, to time wise invest endless amounts of time with them. You know, I'm not going to go spend 10 hours a week with a $500 customer. I physically can't. It wouldn't make sense. But I am going to make sure. I'm doing things to communicate to that customer. Thank you for your dollar. You invested in good advice. I so appreciate it. And I'm available if there is a problem that you need solved. Do that and you'll be shocked at how much repeat business you get. More importantly, you'll be surprised how easy sales becomes and how much your business grows because of it. Hey, that's today's good advice. If you got any good stories about how you show your customers they matter, I'd love to hear about them. Love to hear about them. Love to share about them on the podcast as well. You can always email me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. If you enjoy the podcast, but you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you are subscribed or that you're following the podcast. And don't forget, if you want to advertise on the podcast, you want me to talk about how amazing your business is, again, you can email me. You can check out our Patreon, where you can support the podcast for as little as the price of a cup of coffee. And if you want to do business better, if you want to have a conversation about how to be the easy choice for your customers, to totally rock their world, essentially, let's have a conversation. You can reach out to me uh, on my email or on any of my social media platforms. Hey, Again, you can listen to any podcast today. You tuned into the Good Advice Podcast. I still appreciate that. And I hope you have a great day today. We'll see you soon.